Welcome to Lesbian Moms, big adventures in queer parenting from two moms. I'm Lindsay. I'm Lana. And here we will share our highs and lows, laughs and cries, successes and mistakes, and everything in between on our journey as first-time parents. We're back. Lesby moms, baby. Welcome back. Ooh, this is going to be our sleep episode. The reason why we're making it spooky, well, first of all, it's October. But second of all, we found out about this phrase, the witching hour. Yes, the witching hour. This seemed to be something that no one really told us about <laughs> before having we a baby. Had a baby. <laughs> And it seemed to be something that most people had amnesia about once we brought it up. They were like, oh, maybe. I kind of remember that. Which I think now is because people have so little sleep that maybe their brains just don't remember this time period. Totally. I think I think people do have amnesia about some times that they have with their babies because they just are sleep deprived. But yeah, so the witching hour. So this started, I want to say maybe week five um, or maybe week, week four. four. So every day, Frances would get really fussy at 6.30 and she would be fussy Sometimes for one hour and sometimes for four hours. Was it four hours? She never cried straight for four hours. Well, she did because the other thing is that people don't really tell you like when a baby should go to bed. So we were putting Frances to bed like at like 1030 or 11 o'clock every night. Granted, she was sleeping a ton because she's a newborn. We were at like a queer mixer for queer parents that our friends had uh, invited us to. We were like the youngest baby there, I think. We were saying, oh yeah, we put Francis down at like 10.30 and everyone was like, what are you doing? Yeah, they all like put their baby down at like seven and eight. And they were like, she's just so overtired by the end of the day that you gotta put her down earlier and she will actually sleep. This was like something that I didn't fully get Sleep begets sleep is what they say. So the, right? That's the phrase? That's the phrase. (laughs) (laughs) So it's like the earlier you put your baby to bed, the better they might sleep or the longer they might sleep is essentially the thing. I think it's also like having them nap in the day, like actually helps them sleep better at night. Well, so the witching hour was just really hard for us because it literally was every day. And it really only lasted, I want to say, about four weeks. Well, what was hard was the blood-curdling scream cry. This was not just (laughs) your regular cry. This was like your ears are ringing because she can scream. And... There was no consoling, and you would try everything. You would be bouncing on a yoga ball till your back was about to just give out. You would be, like, holding her, rocking her, going outside. Yeah, you would be taking a bath. Taking a bath, putting her in the car and driving her. Yes. And also, like, feeding her didn't seem to appease her. She would also do this weird scream cry feed that was terrible. 
Yeah, that was terrible. I'm ha- like now I'm thinking back about it. It was really hard. It was t- really really hard. And when we went to the pediatrician for the four week appointment, we like were telling her about this and how long it lasts, and she was like, "Well." Consider yourself lucky. Some babies do this six hours, eight hours a day. Yeah. It's like, oh my God. Right. It's terrible. It like really broke my heart thinking that there are parents out there dealing with this and maybe they don't have as much support. Like, I don't know. It was like so overwhelming and upsetting and sad because it was honestly kind of some of the hardest moments we've had. Where we are both just like, it, there's something about hearing your baby cry that just mm-hmm. is an overwhelming emotion and like visceral reaction to like want to help your baby. It totally deregulates you. You get deregulated so quickly and then you are just an emotional mess And you are trying to remain calm for your baby because I do feel like they feed off of your energy and your emotions, but you'll just be completely deregulated and you'll just be like, ah, like wanting to just like scream and yell and cry. I mean, and and sometimes you do, (laughs) or sometimes we did, but you are trying as hard as you can to stay calm and, you know, like kind of gentle and be there for this little baby that it won't stop scream crying i would say at a certain point though i don't know what happened but a switch in me kind of flipped and i was like i am numb to this this will not affect me i was like i would just enter this trance state and she could be screaming and crying and i wouldn't be bothered i was just stone cold like calm you were very zen super zen yes (laughs) the opposite of me (laughs) and Uh, i was like it is fine this doesn't bother me while baby is screaming in your ear and your ears are ringing another hot tip that a friend had given me and i actually only did it once and it worked really well was wear headphones like wear noise canceling headphones like while you are consoling your baby and while they're crying and having the witching hour because then you kind of you can kind of keep your cool and regulate yourself just by like you know Mm -hmm. basically not listening to them i will say that zen energy though is kind of like past now that the witching hour passed but and now when she cries it's like it triggers the Mm -hmm, emotional like ah my baby well just like a quick update I, i obviously we're doing this um in the future so we're talking about the past she is now almost six months basically good news things got better and i think it gets better for most people and yeah but it definitely was... ebbs and flows but now it's like the witching hour is over it ended it only lasted four weeks but now when she scream cries maybe because we're not used to her crying like that as often it like completely just deregulates us yeah <laughs> But back to the witching hour. Yeah, it it really felt like forever. Um, we're Googling, we're reading things about the witching hour. We're finding like 
baby whisperers <laughs> and like any tricks we can do to try and help us get through this time. And our friends who have had babies, like we were saying, they would be like, oh, yeah, I remember that. But they were kind of not that helpful because they were like, yeah, the yoga ball, they would be like, I just remember it being bad. And I was like, yeah. And it really was kind of like nothing would appease her. So we would do all of these different things. And sometimes like it might help a little bit, but then literally the next day we do that exact same thing yeah. that helped the day before and it would totally not help we at all. We were every night after we would like finally get her to sleep, we'd be like, okay, like, what did we do today? Maybe it's this. Maybe it's that. Maybe, like, oh, her naps were too long. Maybe her naps were too short. Like, yeah. Just, and every well, day we'd be like, there's no rhyme or reason. It's just <laughs> completely unpredictable. <laughs> yeah, we would come to that conclusion after, like, talking for, like, 15 minutes, like, debriefing. And be like, no rhyme or reason. It's just going to happen. Um. <laughs> yeah. The other thing about the witching hour that, really really frustrated me was it would always happen exactly at 6 30 well 6 30 is typically when i'm trying to make dinner or when we are usually making dinner or starting to make dinner and so if the witching hour really should be called the witching hours lasted more than an hour it would be like you know we wouldn't be able to get her down till like nine or ten o'clock at night and then essentially we would be eating dinner then. And it just completely like threw me off. But that's a baby. That's what they say. <laughs> the riddle kind of got solved a bit on the witching hour from our good friend Maureen. Maureen was over one day. She has two children. And we were telling her about the witching hour. And she was like, what are her wake windows? We were like, what? 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 Wake windows? And this is another thing that no one told us about yeah. either. Didn't really know that like we were supposed to be keeping track on how long she was awake in between. Yeah, the wake naps window is feeding. is exactly what it sounds like. It is the amount of time that they are awake between a nap from one nap to the next. And so I I guess with newborns, their wake windows are really short, thirty minutes to an hour. And she was talking about this in reference to babies getting overtired. So if you keep them up past their wake window, the theory is then they get overtired. When you have an overtired baby, it is even harder to put them to sleep because they're just fussy and just they can't calm themselves down. Exactly. So she she turned us on to wake windows, although funny little antidote about wake windows is we did try to then talk to our pediatrician about wake windows. Yeah. And pediatrician was like, what are wake windows? <laughs> She's <laughs> like, why is everyone talking about this? What is on the internet that has everyone talking about wake windows? Yeah. She was, she was kind of like, babies will get as much sleep as they need. Like you could go to a rock concert and your baby will still sleep as much as they need. And we were kind of like... I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah, I feel like this is like one of those many times when like you have conflicting information as a new parent and you're just like, uh, 
Well, so the thing is, wake windows worked for us. I think what our pediatrician said is somewhat true, but it's like, yeah, maybe a newborn will get as much sleep as they need, but they might be fussy (laughs) like for most of the day if you don't try to put them down for more regular naps. But yeah, so wake. So she told us about wake windows. We hadn't been doing any of that. And then she turned us on to this person who I'm sure a lot of new parents out there know, taking care of babies pretty controversial person a trump supporter yes but also a baby whisperer yes so and i and it's funny because we also have a book the happy sleeper and it's it has similar information so there's so much out there about like sleep and we will definitely talk more about sleep later as well i mean that's what we're going to be talking about most of this podcast, right? Every episode basically has to deal with sleep a little bit. Probably. But taking care of babies helped us a lot because she has this thing called... The soothing ladder? The soothing ladder? Or no, soothing ladder is happy sleeper. Oh, the sit back method. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So taking care of babies helped us a lot because she talks about wake windows, but she also has this thing called sit back method. And this really helped us with sleep. Which I'll just say that the sit back method worked for us, but definitely how you approach sleep with your baby is a huge spectrum and every baby's different. Every baby responds differently. So this is just what ended up working well for us. Yes. So things that we got from this woman and the happy sleeper and just talking to other people is put our baby down basically every hour to nap. Give her, you basically offer her the nap. If she doesn't take it, she doesn't take it. That's her job. But you offer it to her. And she pretty much took it every time. And then put your baby to bed earlier at night. So no more 1030 bedtimes. We were were doing like 8 p.m. I think right away. Mm-hmm. So then it's like if she starts to witch at 630, we're really only dealing with it for an hour and a half ish. And then the sit back method was helpful to us because it taught us a lot about shushing. Yes, shushing. Wow. And so, I mean, it is really like wild. Like it's like, how do you get a baby to sleep? <laughs> yeah especially a baby who's overtired at the end of the day and is witching and so we kind of had this like method we had like we had like a whole routine thing we did start doing books early yeah one thing that they also say it's really helpful is like creating a bedtime routine and with a newborn that seems like kind of silly because you're like reading a book to basically a baby that has no idea or is not like giving you any feedback that they are even caring what you're doing at that they're moment. They're so not aware when they're um, like, you know, in newborns. They're not interactive. They're not yeah. aware. Like, But it still is very sweet and like fun to do. And we kind of created this routine as like the three of us where we picked out two books. So no matter what, we finished off our bedtime routine with those two books. They were two short books. Short books. And then we also sing a song and put her to bed. Yeah. Go to sleep, go to sleep, go to sleep, baby Francis, go to sleep. (laughs) Yeah, it's just that over and over over and over and over. And we're not very good singers. We did try to do Amy Grant, baby, baby, baby. Too long. It was too long. And yeah, maybe too upbeat. (laughs) 
<laughs> we would read her the books. We would spray lavender spray like yeah. above her bassinet. Lana would rock her a little bit and we would sing the song. You know, she would be crying. Um, We would lay her down in the bassinet. Swaddle her. Swaddled. She loved the swaddle. Mm. And then basically it was this thing of like, I would like put my hand or Lana would put her hand on her chest and just like give her light pressure and just like kind of rock her back and forth a little bit as we shushed, shushed. shushed in unison. Yeah, it'd be like this. And like a hundred times for at least 10 minutes sometimes and like you start to get lightheaded and like we would just be <laughs> looking at each other just like shushing in unison trying to leave no gaps about to die of like exhaustion and laughter because of the ridiculousness of this scene yeah but it, it worked <laughs> oh my god like the shushing was the one thing that I feel like then you would kind of like we would keep shushing, but we'd start backing, backing away <laughs> one step at a time out of the room. But I foot. <laughs> with the shush. We also had several noise machines. I think we had three. We had at least three <laughs> noise machines. And then when we would go to bed, we would like put noise machines on our phone. Yeah. And it was just like a cacophony of like yeah, it was wild. At all times, yeah. I mean, the noise machines were also in part for us because she grunted a lot in her sleep. <laughs> that yeah. was enough to just, like, wake us up. But, yeah, and it, it worked. I mean, you know, sometimes she would cry for 10 minutes. Sometimes she would cry for, I mean, as we were doing this process and she was, you sort of get to know your baby's cry. Like, she would have a cry where she's, like, winding down. Like, almost, like, it, like the space between cries would get bigger and... You could tell she was calming down. And then she would have, you know, another cry that would be like... I am pissed. Yeah. (laughs) And so we were kind of like, just like, play it by ear. Mm -hmm. Oh, play it by ear. Get it? That's a good one. Get the joke? We would play it by ear, like, because we'd be listening. For for her cries. Okay. And so a lot of the stuff we took from, yeah, taking care of babies, the sit back method was a little bit different. Yeah, but we did start that pretty early. Yeah. So sit back is an acronym for like all of these kind of like soothing techniques you're supposed to do before you pick up your baby from the bassinet and feed them and feed them so it's like you are trying to assist them in maybe soothing or calming themselves down to go back to sleep you do it in the night when they wake up mm-hmm. so at first you know francis was waking up every couple hours i think she at the beginning she still would have like a three or four hour stretch usually most nights but newborns have to eat every couple hours so you are with them but starting at the four or five week window they start sleeping for longer stretches so she would not that much longer i would say she would still wake up every three to four hours yeah but then 
actually when, when the first time we really did this sit back method, she did sleep like one, like a six hour stretch the first time. I was like, oh my God. I mean, you do it. You There's the sit back method. You do various different stages depending on how old they are. I can't remember exactly what it said for the five or six week old baby, but basically it, we would like, we wouldn't respond to her cry right away. So she would cry and we would like count to 30. And if she didn't, if she kept crying after 30 seconds, then we would get up and start the rest of the ladder. Like I think it was like move the sound machine closer, put your hand on her chest, rock her like with your hand. Sure, sure, sure. What was really interesting is that literally the first night she started crying and within 30 seconds she had put herself back to sleep. Yeah. Like with us not doing anything, just waiting. Yeah. A lot of times I'd be like, <gasps> like wanting to grab her and Lindsay would hold me back and be like, just give her a few more seconds. And she would literally stop right before the like timer would end and be like, <sighs> and so the idea is that you are like helping assist them and train them to self-soothe. I will say that this worked for us. I know every family is different. Every family has a different situation. Every baby is different. I don't, I feel like I know babies who parents have told me like none of this stuff really worked or, you know, they, it was just a different story. Yeah. So just say that. But it did, it was like revolutionary for us Mm -hmm. because it got, it got her to sleep for longer stretches which got Lana to get more restorative sleep. Um, and once I started getting better sleep, like it was a huge game changer. Really like helped with dealing with the craziness of hormones and the up and down moods. Yeah, I mean. Just feeling more like a person. Yeah, sleep is so important. It's really tough when you're not getting sleep. I mean, mm-hmm. even just getting like a good few hours when your baby is like a couple of weeks old is just like life changing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Another coping mechanism that we employed to cope with the witching hour was driving around. So one day we decided, all right, we're going to try another strategy. And so we put her in the car and just like went for a long drive up to Tilden, like and around. Yeah, and the noise, we had, like, white noise going on blast in the car. Yeah. And And it kind of worked. It did work. But you were like, I can't do this every night of my life. (laughs) (laughs) And it was like, like, oh, my God, if this is the only solution to, like, not deal with the witching hour, like, this is not going to work. Well, because it ended up being, like, a, like, two-hour drive. At dinner time. Yes, at dinner (laughs) Uh, but thank God we never had to do that again, actually. Yeah, I mean... I think we did try the next day to do another drive, but to, like, the beach in Alameda, and she was not having it. And we tried to get her out and push her in the stroller, and it was, like, windy and she was cold, into and it. she was like, this is terrible, please. Yeah, it, <laughs> it goes back to that thing of, like, whatever we would do, whatever worked the day before wouldn't work the next day. yeah. So the driving thing just kind of worked didn't. one day, not the next. She did. I think a lot of babies are like this. She does love the car. Yeah. Which has been great. I don't know if every baby does, though, but luckily she does because that would be rough. We've also done a bunch of day trips with her. 
where we'll drive up to like Point Reyes or we'll drive to the beach, to the ocean. Mm -hmm. And typically she sleeps in the car. So it's kind of like a nice respite. Mm -hmm. And it's nice to just kind of get her out. But yeah, witching hour did end. Thank God. It went. It started around four weeks, and it went to I think about eight weeks. It was it was a good four week chunk. It felt like forever though. Mm-hmm. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. We love hearing from you. If you have questions or comments, please reach out to us. Our email is lesbmomspodcast at gmail dot com. That's l e z b moms podcast at gmail.com this episode was recorded in oakland california the executive producer candace magania subscribe wherever you get your podcasts live laugh lesbian Lesbian.